and the divorce, I got two of our long-term rentals at that time. Uh, and immediately I found out they were dealing drugs and thankfully Missouri is a really good landlord state. And when I found out their police had been there, there's been some activity, um, went to the prosecuting attorney and said, what can I do? They said, Hey, kick them out. We can file it right now. Didn't cost me a dime. Sheriff calls me, says, are you ready to get these people out? Welcome to Behind the Stays, a podcast that shares the stories behind your favorite Airbnbs and the hosts who've made them memorable. Behind the Stays is brought to you by Sponstaneous, a free weekly newsletter that brings you a carefully curated list of last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. Sign up at Sponstaneous.com. I'm your host, Zach Cruz. Enjoy the show. SEO, paid search, and email marketing. You know they are the marketing trifecta that you need to build your brand and increase direct bookings. But outside of watching a couple YouTube videos and listening to a few STR podcasts, you haven't had the time to really understand things like how Google ranks content or what subject line and preview text combo are the best when sending an email to your list about last minute availability. If you're listening to this podcast, chances are you're not just any run-of-the-mill STR or vacation rental host. You're an entrepreneur who wants to see their portfolio of homes and the brand that encompasses them grow. And this week's podcast sponsor, Build Up Bookings, can help you do just that. Build Up Bookings is the digital marketing team that some of the best players in the game use to scale their businesses. I had their founder, Conrad O'Connell, on episode 44 of this podcast. And let me tell you, this guy knows his stuff. In just the last 12 months, Build Up Bookings has helped their clients earn over $48 million in direct bookings. That's $48 million. If 90% of your bookings are coming via the Airbnbs and Verbos of the world, it might be time to audit and augment your direct booking strategy. And Conrad and his team have set up a special landing page for Behind the Stays listeners that is chock full of free resources to help you do so head on over to buildupbookings.com forward slash BTS, that's BTS as in behind the stays, to learn more. And be sure to request a free marketing strategy session with Conrad and tell him that Zach from Behind the Stays sent you his way. Again, that's buildupbookings.com forward slash BTS. In just a moment, you'll meet Tyann Marsink, the queen of guest experience at Touchstay, a digital guidebook platform for short-term and vacation rental hosts. Diane has a knack for charting her own path. She's a resilient creative who owns two rental management brands and has been active in the vacation rental industry since 2007. In this episode, you'll discover Diane's hot takes about the future of hospitality, hear the story of how she bought a bank and turned it into a vacation rental in the Ozarks, and learn about how she ventured off on her own entrepreneurial journey after losing a college scholarship. All right, without further ado, Get ready to meet Tyann. All right, Tyann, if I were to crash a happy hour with you and some of your closest friends and I were to ask them to tell me a little bit about you, what is it that you imagine that they might say? Or is there a story that they might instantly tell? Oh, yeah. So there might be a story or two they could tell. (laughs) 
Totally. Um, although it would probably focus around the fact that one, I kicked some druggies out of a rental or two, you can legally launder in one of my properties, which happens to be a bank in the Ozarks. Of course, I always get good laughs on that one. <laughs> and the other thing they might say is this little saying that I, I've shared on social media a couple of weeks ago and instantly everybody said, oh my gosh, Tyann, this is totally you, even though you're saying you want it to be you, um, which is if you hang out with me for too long, I'll brainwash you into believing in yourself and knowing you can achieve anything. Mm. So I would say my friends would definitely say I am all about inspiring others to, I bring energy, um, joy, and I always look for the positive. Hey, the, the, those are some like incredible traits. And, um, I think I'm just going to need to spend more time with you, man. So I can, uh, I can just, uh, get some of those, get some of those vibes over here. Although my wife thinks I'm like too confident as it is. So maybe, uh, maybe, maybe, uh, that's not the best approach, but Hey, that's an, that's an incredible thing to be known for in your community, in your space, let alone within the context of like an industry. Um, that's wonderful. So I am excited to chat because I've seen you on Twitter. We've gone back and forth a little bit, um, but and we had a quick like pre-call. I don't know a couple weeks ago where I got to hear a little bit about your story, but but not a ton. And so I'm excited to dive into a little bit more of who you are, what your story is all about, um, and then obviously, of course, touch on Touch Day and sort of the story behind uh, Touch Day and kind of like where you all have been and where you are today and 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 where you're going. Um, I thought it would be helpful to just start with like uh, laying the foundation of like what Touch Day actually is. A lot of the folks who tune into this pod probably have heard of you and have heard of Touch Day. But for those who might not be familiar, could you just give us like the, uh, I don't know, like the Shark Tank pitch for, for what Touch Day is? <laughs> yeah, sure. So Touch Day is a digital guidebook you answer your guest questions before even ask them, which what happens is you have happier guests. You have the time that you manage your guests. So you're happier too. And your guests have a better guest experience. Um, it's also a total communication flow, um, which helps you again, to have those happier guests, have a better guest experience and get those better best reviews. I mean, five-star reviews all around that we have folks and not just my guests, but other guests always saying, Oh my gosh, I'm ready to leave this property, a five-star review. And I have not even set my foot in it yet. Wow. Just because it's the communication and a touch day, we live in what we call the, um, Oh, what do we call it? The, the tumbleweed zone. Huh. So you, as a guest, you book okay. and you hear from, from your host, your property manager, Hey, thanks for booking. You're confirmed. It's awesome. Then everything goes silent. Yeah. And you could have booked a week. You could have booked a month, yeah. a year out, but they go silent until, what, two weeks before, 24 hours before arrival, and the guests are thinking, do I have a, com a, com a confirmation of yeah. a booking? What's going on? So yeah. that's that tumbleweed time. Uh, and what we found is that when you're communicating with the guests in dripping communication, you're telling the guests, hey, we're here. Hmm. We've provided information. We're answering your questions. 
we're giving you that information before you even ask. And then the guest feels like, Hey, I'm being taken care of. There's a human over there. Um, I'm not getting scammed. I'm not going to show up to a place and be kicked out because I wired my money somewhere. I shouldn't have wired it to. Yeah. I mean, our industry is perfect setup for scamming, as you know. So you have to be really good about building that trust Mm. and uh, having that communication flow definitely helps with that. I love that. It's funny, that story, um, or not even that story, that uh, what what you just outlined reminded me of a story where... I, 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 where was this? I think this, this was in like the mountains, the Blue Ridge Mountains in Virginia, actually. And um, I had booked a, a cabin uh, probably, I don't know, four or five months in advance. And, you know, I, I travel uh, a lot. We, my wife and I stay in like uh, lots of different Airbnbs and whatnot. And I'm just, I'm not always like paying attention to like, okay, hey, I booked this place. I can't always remember what platform I booked it on, but I'm always like, I, I you know, I, I am pretty good about making sure that we've got a place to stay when we're supposed to, when we're supposed to hop to a new place. Right. Um, and anyhow, I had, I had booked this place like months before. And then the day of, like, I can't, I, I, I like opened my Airbnb app. And I, I had booked, I had booked it through Airbnb, and like, I hadn't had any communication. And like, I, I looked at my text, I looked at my email. I was like, wow, like, I haven't heard anything. And check in was like six hours away, right? Um, yeah. And so, and so, so finally, like, I DM the host, and I'm like, hey, man, like, uh, we still on? Like, <laughs> do I still have a place to stay? Like, and sure enough, he's like. Yeah, uh, yeah. Here's your here's your you know door code or whatever. And he's like, you know, and I was like, oh, thanks so much. Like usually, like I get that in like advance or whatever. Um, and he's like, oh, well, did you read? Did you read like my listing description or whatever? And apparently, somewhere in like you know the the cliff the the, the you know the, all the way at the bottom of his of his listing description, he had a little clause that said, I will send you door code and other information, uh, check in information, two hours before check in. And and it was just like the audacity to be like. I was scared I didn't have a place to stay. His his comment to me when I asked like six hours before check-in was like, did you read the fine print essentially, right? Um, and, and anyways, and, and the place was great and it was beautiful, but it was just like, it, it was one of those moments where I realized like there has to be a better way to do this. And I'm sure that there are like, there are hosts that are like crushing this game. So when we talked a few weeks ago and you talked to me a little bit about like just how many communications you send to your 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 guests right in you know uh between the time that they book and the time they they actually stay i think you mentioned like 20 or so maybe like touch points mm-hmm. depending on sort of like the the length yep. between booking and stay and i was just yep. floored um but yet like that's kind of if you want to differentiate yourself that's that's kind of what you got to do right there's so many people that that talk about oh well i don't want to bother my guest or hey i sent this giant document and this giant email that's three pages long, they can find the information there. Security reasons, I'm not going to give the door code until an hour before. And they're thinking only about themselves. Hmm. The thing is, this is hospitality. Yeah. If It's okay to not give the door code until later, but you better darn set those expectations and tell them when it is coming yeah. and be very clear about it. Uh, if you're going to send an entire book along with your confirmation and you expect them to search through it, they're going to miss stuff. (laughs) I mean, you've got planners. Okay. So part of guests are planners. The other part of guests are TLDRs too long, didn't read, 
they're not going to read anything. And then you have the people like me who we don't even read the information until we're basically on the doorstep. And I might call and say, I can't find the house. The door's not working. And they tell me, oh, you're at the wrong place (laughs) because the information wasn't readily available. I'm not paying attention, (laughs) you know, and it's one of those things where if you're not clear and be prepared for guests who just their brains go on vacation along with their body, then you're going to have issues. So getting your communication flow down makes a tremendous difference. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I couldn't agree more. And what I, what I would just say, uh, I'd like to offer like a counter story too. You contrast that experience with an experience that we had where we did book, I, I think it was a two or three months in advance. And then during that season, right in between again, booking and stay, like, I think it was two weeks before they, they sent us a, a message and they were like, Hey, you know, we typically like to leave our guests a, a little, just welcome gift. And they were like, do you guys drink wine or like, could we get you some, some baked goods or something like that? And like, it was such a, it was like this like shock. Like I, I was like legitimately in shock. Like, wow, like somebody's willing to, to think, you know, not, not, not just even like leave the bottle of wine or leave like a, a couple of cookies, but actually go and ask, Hey, which would you prefer? Right. Cause some people don't drink and whatnot. And it was just like such a thoughtful thing that immediately upon arrival, we, we were already like in a good mood. We were elevated. Like our, our hopes were elevated. Like our expectations were, were higher. Uh, and you know, this, yep. this host totally crushed it. And so I'm sure that there's the fine line between spamming your guests with communications and, and whatnot, but then also, <laughs> you know, depending on, again, depending on how, how, um, how long it is from from booking to stay, having some semblance of communication. I feel like that's also for hosts that are serious about building their own brands, right? And building brands around their respective collectives. Like that's where you do it, right? Like that's where you start building up that reputation is is in kind of the in-between after book and, and before stay. So uh, Tyan, when we, when we talked a few weeks ago, you, I was just like, I had a lot of fun on our conversation because I felt like you just kind of came in hot and you just like told me a bunch of stories you told me i think and i hope that this is okay to share on online but you you told me like i was like oh cool name and you're like yeah you know i was named after my dad's ex-girlfriend um and you know what a way to start a conversation right so i i do want to talk a little bit about you and then of course i want to talk a little about uh, touch day but tell me tell me a little bit more about kind of who you are how you got into the space and um you know what when when you were growing up like what did you want to be like if someone would have asked you as like a 10 year old like would you have said like i want to work in hospitality or what was uh what was top of mind for what you wanted to be when you grew up so i totally wanted to be a teacher i mean the, the second part was you know maybe i would be president of the united states okay or Either maybe or. vice president okay <laughs> i mean go on full on but gosh no i i do not like politics whatsoever however if you are an american and you're registered to vote you better get your butt to the voting polls or you can move okay that's that's your responsibility that's all i'll say on voting okay so teaching yes i wanted to be a teacher so bad Uh, and then life happened, you know, um, I graduated high school and I got college completely paid for with scholarships and grants, uh, that lasted a year. And then I apparently made too much money, $3,000 while working part-time and going to school full-time was too much money. And some of those grants were pulled back. Uh, so I decided to go to community college. Yeah. And uh, again, you know, I, I got the top 2% Missouri bright flight, got everything paid for, which was amazing. Uh, long story short, I quit school. Um, 
but I have enough hours for a four-year four-year degree, but I have three okay. associates. Funnily enough, um, communications. Okay. Uh, journalism and English. Um, and I've used all of my college courses in life. Um, but the thing is, is I ended up not becoming a teacher in the traditional way. Uh, fast forward to nowadays with the industry um, between photography and vacation rentals, I have made a teacher spot for me. So I absolutely mm. love teaching about vacation rentals and hospitality and communications. I started out with vacation rental photography. Um, so yeah, like next week, I'm headed to the Vacation Rental World Summit to be leading some roundtables and talking about hospitality. Wow. Wow. That's an incredible story. So, hey, in the end, you're just teaching just in a different capacity than maybe you had initially envisioned as a as a child. That, that, that's an awesome story. So, yeah, exactly. talk like at, at what point do you stumble upon like touch stay and like what's what's the story there? Right. So you're you start this uh, you, you start out in um, short term rental sort of like vacation rental photography. You at what point do you sort of like morph into working for for this tech company and like well, how how does that all come together? So it starts way back, I would say, when my kids were being born, and I realized I would rather start my own business than clean my house. <laughs> so I, yeah. <laughs> Um, I have a few different businesses that I started, um, serial entrepreneur, as they call me, and started in vacation rentals, very quickly realized with my e-commerce website and business that uh, photos were the way to go. You have to have good photos. When I started back in vacation rentals 2007, you know, that was the time we took checks. People mailed me a check. They they printed out the guest agreement, actually put ink with their signature on it, mailed it to me with the check, and that's how they booked our places. And so extremely ripe for scams. And I had to figure out a way, hey, mm. how can I build trust? Because these people are looking at photos on a website. They're mailing me thousands of dollars with a check after seeing just photos in the description. They're not even really talking to me on the phone. They're not even going to arrive at my property for six to 12 months from now. You have got to build trust. And the very easiest way to do that was to show good photos. So I started, you know, learned teaching myself how to do good photography. Um, from there, I became known as the vacation rental photographer, wrote an ebook, created a video course, um, was starting to get known in the circles for that. So if you would Google vacation rental photography, you would end up with myself and Google page one, which is really wow. cool. So yeah, you could even Google my first name and get just me. And it was well behind some less nefarious folks, <laughs> but you know, get past those. Uh, so yeah, so I was being more social um, getting out there, was talking with the folks at home away at the time, uh, you know, going to conferences, things like that. And Andy McNulty had started touch day and we kind of met in some of those social circles, um, Facebook online. That's where everybody meets right now. Right. Um, and he said, Hey, we've got this product. We take a look at it and maybe come help us out. And I took a look at it and I said, no, this is very ugly. I'm sorry. I cannot work with an ugly product um, to my guests because part of my branding is I have to 
I, I, I have to present something. You know, I, I worked almost a decade at the state's largest jewelry and gift store. And that's where I learned customer service and presentation and how important those things are. So applying that to vacation rentals, I knew was really, really important. Um, fast forward a little bit, I ended up consulting with HomeAway for three years on their Glad to Have You product that they had had bought, which is digital a digital guidebook. Um, things happened in life, went through some fire, uh, got a divorce, and um, got some properties, including the drug house that I had mentioned earlier. And <laughs> at that time, Andy also reached back out to me and said, hey, we haven't talked in a while. What's going on? Um, at that time is when I just bought my bank and I didn't mention home away. And he goes, you didn't, where, is anything going on with home away? I'm like, no, the contract ended. He goes, I want you, I will pay you whatever home away is paying you. Please come work with us. And honestly, it was total godsend because at that point in my life, that was the only actual money I counted on every single month because vacation rentals, as you know, it's a total up and down. It's very seasonal. You can't, you can't do anything but hustle with those at that point, especially that point in my life. And, um, so it was awesome. Wow. Uh, so that's been four and a half years now. And with, um, that time, you know, it's dramatically grown. It's no longer just Andy and I, and his co-founder, Joe, um, you know, larger tech team, larger marketing team. And it's, it's just amazing. That's, in, that's incredible. Wow. What a, what a story. I mean, I, I feel like what I'm, what I'm hearing, Tyann, which is cool is like you, you're, you seem like a very optimistic person, but you also seem like, um, you have a sense of understanding, like the reality of a, of a current situation. And then being like having enough vision to feel like, all right, we, we can shake this up. Like it, it, this doesn't have to stay the way it, it is the way that it is. It's not like denial, but like, it doesn't need to be this way. It can, it can actually be a lot better. Um, and it seems like that's maybe one of your superpowers is to be able to kind of come in, take something, you know, and, and evaluate the as is state and then get it to like the desired state of like where it wants to be, um, which is a super important, super, uh, power to have. You're a kick-ass Airbnb host. In fact, you've done such a great job at marketing your short-term rental on Instagram that you're pretty much entirely booked for the next six to 12 months. And while it doesn't happen regularly, every so often there's a cancellation or just one random three-night window of availability in the middle of the week. Now, posting about the fact that you've had a cancellation or that you've got just three nights left in February on your Instagram story is a great start, but what if you could automatically notify interested guests the second a cancellation comes through? And that's where Ping comes in. Ping makes it easy for guests to be notified when their favorite Airbnbs become available. Ping is a simple widget that lives on your website or your direct booking site and integrates with your Airbnb listing and allows your fans and followers to sign up to be notified if their preferred dates become available. Here's how it works. Jimmy sees that you're booked for the whole month of October, but he wants to be notified if any three-night window in the month becomes available. Jen is a returning guest and wants to be notified if any week in June, July, or August becomes available. In a matter of seconds, Jimmy and Jen fill out this simple form and will be pinged if their requested dates become available. And as a host, you will immediately get pinged via email with Jimmy and Jen's contact information and requested dates, which allows you to build up your own database of guest email addresses. Ping. 
It's what the best Airbnb hosts use to maximize bookings. Sign up for free at www.bnbping.com. Ping, brought to you by Spontaneous. Uh, on on that note, um, when you when you join Touchstay, where where is the where's the company at? Like where where's the, you know was was the digital guidebook? It's it's kind of like what it is today was it like you know two three five versions before what it is today i have interacted with touch Day. i was talking to you about this before and i again had a great experience with it we were i believe the first time i used touch day was um actually in Asheville. we were in like a cabin in Asheville, and the host had it and it was super actually helpful because this particular cabin it was beautiful it was like really really beautiful but like it was our, our cell service was like crappy there. And it's like, we couldn't get great cell service and having touch day, be able to give us all the recommendations for like the breweries, like that we wanted to go to like around without needing to like use Wi-Fi was, or, or have, you know, cell service reception with Google maps or whatnot was incredibly helpful. Um, and again, it, the, the host had a nice little like iPad. It, they, it just like was prominent. It wasn't distracting, but it was super easy. We used it probably like 10 times throughout our stay to like look things up. So super cool product. Very easy to use. I'm, I'm I'm a big fan of it. But um, yeah. When you arrive on the team, like, where is the product at, and how does it evolve during the last few years? So by the time they brought me back, they had done a total overhaul of how it looked, which was good. <laughs> As I told Andy, I'm like, okay, yes, it is pretty now. Yes, I can use it. Um, and they had also updated the functionality so that it had even more features. So at the time, so four and a half years ago, it was an awesome tool. But fast forward to now, it's incredible. Hmm. Um, we've done total overhaul on the guest view side and the dashboard for the user side, um, the host and managers. And then during COVID, instead of pulling back like a lot of companies did, we put full force into growing the tech team and then overhauling all of the code and doing a refresh so that it was ready to grow even more. Um, and then what's happened this last spring is we've released what we call Memo. So it's a very comprehensive scheduled communication flow that with either text messages or emails, and it's all related to the arrival and departure dates according to timing. So I can send specific um, messages saying, you know, 14 days ahead of time, hey, happy day, your directions are in your email, go check them out, those types of things. Yeah. Um, same day, you know, hey, your door codes, you know, this, we're looking forward to your arrival. So dropping those little touches and those communications at the appropriate time is just amazing. And now we're integrating uh, with more property management systems. So it's never had to be integrated but now that we put in more features and bringing in what we call short codes and custom field codes, so where you can actually drop your guest's name into the guidebook and into the messages, and that pulls all the information from your property management system, um, it gives the automated communications a human touch, uh, which touch is so, so um, pushing about is, you know, you just don't automate communications. You have to have the human touch. If you don't have the human touch, it just falls flat. Hmm. Have you got, I'm curious, <clears throat> what kind of feedback have you all gotten from hosts about like the kind of communications that guests really appreciate? Like I, I'm thinking, like I know the standard ones, right? Of like, hey, thank you for booking. Like we're so excited to have your, you know, stay at our place. 
Um, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, there's uh, something in my throat here. Um, and then, of course, like, wait, you know, day of or like 48 hours before, like, hey, we can't wait to host you. Here's your, you know, uh, here's everything you know for, for check-in, all that fun stuff. But, like, I'm curious about, like, the in-between communications. Like, what are what are some uh, in-between communications that have worked really well for touch state customers that, that might be surprising to folks? I think um... – I, let me just tell you my personal cool. ones. Cool, do it. Um, because I don't know everybody's communication flows. So some of the in-between ones, I talk about travel insurance. I make sure my guests know travel insurance is available and how to get it. Um, to me, that's super important, especially when they're spending $10,000 yeah. with me. They've got to know how to protect their stay. Um, another one <clears throat> is very specific to our area, which is how to get show tickets and attractions tickets. So I make sure I drop that communication just two days after they've booked. Um, when I schedule things, I think about, okay, when is the guest going to be asking or doing these things? Because when you book a stay, you are an all-time high and planning yeah. a stay is incredible. My goal is to keep that high going all the way to arrival instead of ghosting them and then leaving them on their own and their high starts to go down. Uh, so just making sure they know those basic things that they might forget about, um, I think is really, really important. I like that idea of, or I like that example rather of the telling them where to kind of buy the show tickets, because I do think like how often, especially if it's in a new area and you're not that familiar with it, right? It's like, oh yeah, you read these blogs or you watch these videos or these, you know, you see these YouTube influencers like talking about like, oh, when you go to this place in the Ozarks, you've got to go here, you got to do this, right? And you just kind of assume like, oh yes, I can't wait to do that. But not everyone, especially, you know, not, not um, travelers like, my wife and I who are a little bit more like spontaneous. Um, it, we, we just, we just don't, we, we just don't plan ahead as much. Right. And so then when we show up and if we can't do like the thing, right. Or the few things to do, or if we just assume, Oh yeah, like there'll probably just be a line. We'll wait. It'll be fine. Um, that, you know, that, that information ahead of time of like, Hey, no, 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 you don't understand guys. Like if you like don't book, you know, by a month before, like you're not going to be able to go right. Like this, this, there's just inventory is just limited here. And especially when you're, when you're traveling to a new place, if you don't have the context of the community, right. Um, a, a communication like that, I imagine would be, would be wonderfully valuable. Um, I'm curious from the, from the host perspective, Diane, what, what sort of like data you mentioned, like a dashboard, like how are hosts using like touch stay data to, to like, I don't know, deliver a better guest experience? Like what, I guess, what what value other than being like, oh, cool, like, you know, guests this month all looked at like this brewery that we have listed in our book. Like what what sort of value do hosts get from a data collection standpoint and how how are they using that data in a, in a meaningful way? So data collection is really, um, it, it's a subject we have to be careful with. Okay. So touch day is a worldwide yep. company. So we have to be extremely careful with GDPR, especially in the UK. Um, Australia is even tighter. Mm. Uh, so there isn't a lot of actual data that we will even collect because of privacy okay. laws. Um, but what hosts are using touch day for as far as time savings go is I think we found over 80% of folks have halved their time in managing guests. I mean, uh, if you okay. think about it, 
Uh how much time you answer questions to take care of the guests and things like that. They have halved that time or more. So then they've been able to take that time and work on other parts of their business versus in their business. That's wonderful. No, I, I, that's a, that's a very meaningful insight. And um, yeah, I was, I was going to ask next about like whether or not um, you had any, any data around like how much time savings this gives uh, your, your average host and sounds like a lot, which is great. Um, All right. Well, I think that Touchday is an incredible product. I, again, as I mentioned before, I've used it. Folks should totally go check it out. Um, But I do want to, I do want to really kind of switch the conversation and just talk about you a little bit more because in addition to everything that you're doing with Touchday, like you obviously own and and run your own properties. You've done a really incredible job of building up a brand for yourself in the space. And I think for some of the folks tuning in who are uh, entrepreneurial, they might be um, wondering, hey, how do I become a tie-in? Like, how, like wh- what can I do to be to elevate sort of like my thoughts, my my ideas, my opinions on on the space? So, if you don't mind, I'd love to just hear a little bit about like uh, how you have thought about branding your own collection of of properties. So you've you've already mentioned the Ozark home, you've you've mentioned the bank, right? So I want to I want to I want to hear a little bit about that and uh, how you you know kicked out a bunch of druggies from from one of your properties. Like, talk to us a little bit about your your portfolio, um, and then also like how you've thought about uh, branding it, and and maybe some lessons you've learned along the way. So I have um, two property management companies. Um, according to the IRS, it's one under an LLC, but well, no, I guess it is two now. <laughs> um, but it's, but the point there is thinking about, um, yes, all my properties in Missouri, but I split them because they don't serve the same target guest. Okay. They're very much serving different target guests. And when you go to brand and market, you want to hone in on your target guests very first. And that is one of the reasons I split them. Um, they're named differently. They're obviously branded differently. Uh, so Branson um, it used to be, get this, Vacation Home in Branson. Mm. What do you think of that brand? I know, right? <laughs> hey, probably great for SEO, right? Probably great for search, but uh, unexciting in, in every other area. Yes, yes. So that was, you know, what I chose 2007, way back when I started. And then a few years ago, I realized, you know what? This is not good branding. How, how am I going to get my guests to remember, hey, we booked with Vacation Home in Branson, not... Verbo, Airbnb, or whatever. So um, the first thing is be able to be flexible and know that you you can evolve. Every single company evolves. So we did a total rebrand. Um, it's now Branson Family Retreats, and the goal of that is nice. to communicate we're all about family. Um, our smallest property is four bedrooms. You know, we go our largest right now is 10 bedrooms. We are totally focused on the three to four generation families. So all our branding, all our communications, the brand voice we have, how we, you know, which is how you talk to guests in your copy and your photos, everything is solely focused on that large family. And um, we do it easily because my husband and I are both from a large family. I'm the oldest of six kids. He's the youngest of six kids. I got three. He's got three. We both have a Noah. We both have green eyes. His mom is older than my grandma. It's, you know, it's a, it's a, a lot fun, going yeah, on it's a fun, That sounds like a fun party. Hey, I'm, I'm also from a, a big family and I am also the oldest of six. 
Would you believe that? Awesome. Yeah. So that is cool. I, I am all I am all for I'm all for the big, funny, you know, crazy, like very eclectic crew. You know, the the, the more the merrier, as my mom always said. So um, yes. I love that. So that, so Branson family retreats. OK, I'm going to I'm taking notes here mm-hmm. because my family uh, is always looking for new spots to hit up. So um, sounds like you guys might have a, a place for us. And then what's what about the second uh, the second portfolio? So the second one started with that drug house. OK, so in <laughs> yeah, in the divorce, I got two of a long of our long term rentals at that time. Uh, and immediately I found out they were dealing drugs and thankfully Missouri is a really good landlord state. And when I found out their police had been there, there's been some activity, um, went to the prosecuting attorney and said, what can I do? They said, Hey, kick them out. We can file it right now. Didn't cost me a dime. Sheriff calls me, says, are you ready to get these people out? Like, Oh shoot. That's only, I only filed 24 hours ago. Um, can you post a note on her door and give her two days? And he goes, yeah, we can do that. So I show up on the Wednesday. They posted the note on Monday and she's vacuuming. Mm. And she says, can I have another hour? Like, okay, sure. Yeah, go ahead. And I come back and she had done enough, I guess you could say, um, still damages. Um, And she said, well, will you drop the case against me? Because obviously I had to file a case against her. She would not be able to run another place with the case. And I'm like, well, let me walk through, figure up damages. I figured it probably cost $10,000. They'd been smoking in the house for six years. Jeez. There were holes, horrendous, but I knew she couldn't pay it. So I, I made very reasonable. I think I said, okay, give me 500 bucks by Tuesday morning. The case was Tuesday afternoon. Um, she did so. So she gave me the $500. And she said, can I put you down for a reference? <laughs> I'm like, what? Oh, no. <laughs> sure, but you know I'm going to tell the truth, right? And she goes, yeah, yeah, that's fine. So, yeah, put $10,000 into it and realized, you know, I am not a good landlord. I, I recognize that. I'm not good at all. I am a good host and property Mm. manager. And I looked around at the town. The only place to sleep was the super eight. That's been flooded at least three times in my lifetime. So I went to the city like, Hey guys, I'd love to do this. You want me to do any special permits, license, whatever. They're like, you want to do what here? Are you sure? Like, yeah. Like, Oh yeah, go ahead. You don't need anything special and let us know when you're ready. We'll Come help you do an open house. We'll advertise for you. Happy to have you. Wow. Like, all right. Yeah. So set it up and uh, thinking I would be going more towards the um, industrial park, the the executives coming in because we had the state's first green industrial park. And I thought I'd be hosting more business people as well as folks coming in to visit their family in town. Um, I got a few of those, but it ended up my biggest guess was actually those who came from all over the country to come to Perina events. You know the name yes. Perina? Yes. So their event center is 10 minutes no away way. and they have dog shows scheduled out up to five years in advance. Wow. Wow. Who, yep. who would have thunk? Who would have thunk? Right. Um, and so when I put this house up, I thought, okay, I'm just going to name the house. That's going to be the name of the business. And a very, very brilliant, smart friend of mine says, Tan, 
don't name your business after one house. You need to think about growth. So at that point, I thought, okay, if I ever decide to add to this brand, I better have a better name. So that one became Missouri House with the German spelling of house since I'm German. And that's how Missouri House started. Um, you know, the next year is when I bought the bank and then I started managing properties as well. Wow. That's amazing. Such a such a cool story. What I what I love about what you've done with your with your brand too, especially like with Missouri House, you I think I think some folks like have this tendency to go like, oh no, like I wanna I wanna have like more of like a, a national brand in case I decide to expand elsewhere. But right from a search standpoint, right, most guests uh, who are who are searching for a, a place to stay, if they're looking in a particular town or a particular state at the you know at a minimum, they're gonna use some sort of like geo specific term. So I feel like hey, as long as like the the collection is focused in a particular region. Hey, yeah, ha- have a brand that is still fun, is still interesting, is is bigger than just one house, right? But it's still region specific, um, as opposed to feeling like you got to call it something like you know, chic stays, right? Which could be relevant literally anywhere in the world. Um, so I, I right, and I mean, and what we do is we we cross promote. Yeah. Too. So you know, everybody who stays at Missouri House will know about Branson Family Retreats because we're cross promoting in our digital guidebooks. We're cross promoting on our about pages. You know, the other thing about branding is you need to talk about mm. yourself. You have to let people know who yeah. you are. So, you know, the about page is one of the most visited pages on a website. And if the more information you can give about yourself and about your company and how you started and who you are and what you like, I mean, I've had guests comment, hey, my kids play baseball too. That's awesome. And it just builds all those little touch points that connects you. And then it builds the trust. And then they're ready to you know, send over thousands of dollars to a perfect stranger um, with pictures over the yeah. internet. No, that's that's a great point. And I also feel like that's one of the things that is, especially if you're competing in an area where like they, you've got some of the, you know, the big management companies, the big dogs in town, and like they're, they're your core competitors. What they're not going to be able to compete on is like the the human level, right? They're not going to be able to compete on like, hey, no, this is Tyann. Not you know, they're they're just like Vacasa or something, right? Like, meaning from a from a guest perspective, um, it 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 does make all the difference when like if you are a discerning traveler, like, and if it's if you're not just always going for the cheapest option or you're not just going for like, I just need a quick, it's a business trip, I just need to be in and out there. Like, what's going to be closest to the conference center? Like, if you have a little bit more flexibility than either of those things. That's where I think that that's where brand starts, right? Brand starts at the ability to, hey, I don't necessarily need X or Y. I could entertain Z if if I think that Z is worth it, right? And I think that the the way that we convince folks that Z is worth it is through, to your point, your personal brand, your story, helping them better understand who you are, what you stand for, and, and why you've built what you've built. Um, and again, who doesn't like to support like the you know, the small business over sort of like the, the corporate, you know, super eight hotel. Um, so that's, that's wonderful. Uh, what, what, uh, got a couple of final questions for you. One is just around like hot takes. Um, so again, you know, the industry, um, I feel like you've been in the industry for a while, you, you mentioned, but like, I feel like a lot of folks are entering the industry now, maybe in the last couple of years. And I feel like I'm just seeing way more, way more money, way more talent, just people across the spectrum entering into the vacation rental and specifically like the short-term rental space. Um, and I'd, I'd be curious from your perspective, like 
given what you've learned over the years, what are what are some trends or some things that are happening right now that that you have like a hot take on or, or maybe even like a contrarian opinion on? So the my biggest pet peeve is that folks call vacation rentals and short-term rentals, they call them Airbnbs. Ah, yeah. Like, no. Yeah. Airbnb is a marketing website. It is a tool. It is not your property. There are, and on top of that, vacation rentals are different than short-term yeah. rentals. It's a totally different target audience, a different reason for being. And the folks, especially the folks in charge of the political realm, so the cities, the counties, the state, all of that gets mixed together. I mean, you read newspapers and they're calling all these properties Airbnbs. It's like, no, absolutely yeah. not. So I the my biggest pet peeve is the terminology. And it's just simply to be, we don't have really good definitions for everything either. Uh, and then throw that into the mix. The fact that I would say the statistic came out, I want to say 2016-ish, maybe 2015. Um, HomeAway said that only 30% of folks in the U.S. even knew vacation rentals existed. Jeez. Right. So think about how many billions of people are in just the United States. Yeah. And only 30% of those people knew vacation rentals existed, that it was even an accommodation mm. of choice. I mean, it was alternative accommodations. When HomeAway rebranded to Verbo and said, Verbo is going to now be our choice for alternative accommodation brand. I mean, that was back in what, 2018, 2019, something like that. So the dramatic amount of people who have just known about the industry from travelers to investors, it's, it's grown yeah. and Airbnb has been a huge push in that obviously. Um, but it's also helped to stir the confusion of things as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I feel like even even every time I say like short term rental, I mean I I honestly make this mistake a lot because freaking the term short term rental is kind of like an ugly term and it it just or it's verbose right like it's and even like STRs right like you you know forget the R and you slap a D in there by you know accident and it's something entirely different right like it's just it's just like not like a an attractive acronym right um and so I also I also feel like especially especially for folks who aren't like entirely like uh invested and immersed in the industry just your your average like mom and pop who's hey you know we've got this cool cabin like let's spend some money let's make it instagram worthy and like let's let's turn it into an airbnb right like they're not gonna they're not gonna follow you on twitter like or they're not listening to this podcast per se but just like airbnb has just done an incredible job with their with their market penetration and whatnot but i do feel like i feel like the industry needs like another term that's like almost like as like sexy and quippy as as like airbnb but like not airbnb um and i don't know just short-term rentals is just like it's it's a mouthful it's a mouthful <laughs> it is it is and you know and i don't have well i guess i could say i have a short-term rental but my places are vacation, vacation rentals. rentals yeah yeah <laughs> exactly yeah. i mean and and then on top of that you know one of the things i i'm so looking forward to seeing as the industry i guess matures is the fact that um bed and breakfast mm. boutique hotels 
um, vacation rentals, short-term rentals, we're all hospitality. A lot of us, majority of us, we're all small businesses. I would yeah. love to see all of us working together more and you know, really pushing for, hey, let's be professional about things. Let's have professionalized communications. Let's have a little bit more standards, but also be unique. Those can totally be at the same time. Um, I want to see everybody being safer. I mean, putting your grills in safe places, uh, making sure you have working smoke alarms and carbon monoxide alarms, all of that is so important. I love it when I see cities say, you have to go through a safety inspection before you can have a license or permit. I think that is so valuable and is something we should be doing anyway, no matter what. Yeah, yeah, that's a perfect segue into my my last question for you, and you sort of just answered it right now. But if the, if there's anything else you might want to add here, uh, a lot of the folks who are tuning into this conversation are hosts who have a few properties um, but are hungry to grow their their collection of their portfolio, and also uh, we've been attracting attracting like a lot of folks who are entrepreneurs, kind of building software, building tools, building resources for for the vacation rental and short term rental communities. So. When you think about the future of hospitality and you think about the future of this space, any any other sort of like words of wisdom or, or pieces of advice for, for these individuals who, again, are, are striving to be leaders and or brands and or build offerings that are going to help, you know, hopefully make this space better for us all? I mean, the best thing you can do is connect with people. You, you have to get to know people, talk to people, find out um, what is truly needed and take a step back. Don't go too fast. Uh, I know a lot of folks say, oh, I'm going to do this and I have to do it as fast as possible. And then they realize, oh, shoot, I forgot to run the numbers. We're a little <laughs> tight. Oh, wait, the market's changed. Um, you know, I was just yesterday consulting with someone about the Branson area and they were saying, Tyann, we're not finding data that we need because everything is so different in the last two years. It's like, yeah, and it was different a decade ago. So let me tell you about the history of it. So if you're looking at building a product, investing in an area, you need to go back more than a year or two. Uh, COVID, it was an anomaly. 2021 anomaly. Okay. It's totally different. 2022 is super weird. Also. I mean, amazing June and July here in the Ozarks, August crashed, you know, that's not normal. I mean, I it's so many different things. So make sure you go back decades. You talk to folks who maybe are retired now, um, folks who have tried to do things or have succeeded and sold, um, all that information can help you, you know, not necessarily reinvent the wheel, but to help you do better with your idea, because we can always, always improve on what's out there. I I freaking love that last piece of advice. I think, yeah, going back more than a few years is incredibly important. Uh, And obviously like, you know, understand sort of where things are going, where things are trending and Hey, yeah, this vacation, you know, the Ozarks, right. Also like, I, I mean, I'm sure that people have done this, this study. I have no, like I had never heard of the Ozarks until the show. Right. And of course, and I feel like everyone in my circle had never heard of the Ozarks until the show. And so, you know, there are, there are also just moments too, where like, Hey, culturally or um, politically things happen or things change and new new destination spots emerge right or like hey when there's a new movie about something all of a sudden people want to people want to travel there so you know I, but but I, I love what you said about like 
consulting the data going back beyond just you know uh, the the whole like covid boom that that uh, the whole industry has seen um, and then and then make a really smart decision about where you should invest your time and resources i also love the idea of building regional brands which you're already doing is like yeah find a way you can always go national later you can always build a stronger brand you can always you know spin up another collection like you're not going to be married to you know missouri house for for forever right um that doesn't need to be all encompassing and i do think folks that start more at the regional level will have a better opportunity at expanding and going wider or maybe you get tired of the brand and you want to go venture out into another kind of home right and then it doesn't really fit anymore and so i like the idea of starting small starting regional in, in a way that you can brand yourself but also optimize for search that that sort of like intersection point i think is is incredibly important but um tyan this has been incredible um i know that you gotta leave because you are on your way to portugal it's gonna be uh, an incredible uh, event um i'm sad that i won't be there but if folks want to connect with you and or just learn a little bit more about uh touch day what's uh what's the best way for them to do so yeah, so you can find out about Touchday at touchday.com. You can find out about me at tianmarsink.com. Across the socials, same thing. I'm at tianmarsink on all your favorite socials. And I always post to what conferences I'm going to. I go to probably oof, one to three a month almost now. Um, and it's across Jeez. the hospitality industries too. So I, I love um, going to the different conferences. And that's how I get a lot of energy is just meeting other people and letting you guys know... I know it's hard. It feels like you're in a bubble when you're at home and it is so important to get face to face with others in the industry and know that you are not alone in what you're going through. Uh, socials. Yes, you can connect there, but face to face is totally different. Uh, so connect with me, um, with touch day. I also host a uh, fringe events now. So they're small, intimate events, maybe 20 people or so. So it really helps you connect with others. Um, and it's really great. Wonderful. And if you are listening to this uh, this chat right now, just scroll on down to the show notes and we'll have all the links to Touch Day's website, to Tayan's uh, social profiles and all the other fun stuff um, just linked below. Tayan, this has been a privilege. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy life to talk to me. I appreciate it. Thank you. Hey friends, hope you've enjoyed today's show. If you are an Airbnb host or know an Airbnb host who'd like to come on the show, please send me an email at Zach, Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com and we will chat. Behind the Stays is brought to you each week by Spontaneous, a carefully curated weekly newsletter that brings you the best last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. It's sort of like Scott's cheap flights, but for Airbnb. You can sign up once again for free at spontaneous.com. Last but certainly not least, I didn't believe in Marie Kondo's whole spark joy mantra until I started podcasting. Now, my joy is sparked every time I see a new subscriber roll in. So please hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And so you add a little spark to my joy fire today. Okay, that was kind of weird, but um, we're going to roll with it. Subscribe. Um, and thanks in advance. All right, everyone. See you next time.